In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Bells high. Get a girl, get a girl. What is up, you guys? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Thursday. Damn, this goes fast. Week in, week out. It is the grind. You guys, um, I have to apologize. Well, I don't know. Apple Podcast needs to apologize. Damn them and their coal mining asses. Um, so yesterday uh, on the pod, I had <coughs> Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House and we had the best time. If you guys have heard it, I think you you heard how good of a time we had. And Apple, I mean, Apple really has, um, you know, if you're around the kids, get them out. Um, Fuck me in terms of they still haven't updated their app. It was so weird. My podcast disappeared from the platform yesterday and then it came back and uh, the Lindsay episode some people got it. Some people didn't. It's on Spotify. And by the way, I will say this. 
Apple Podcasts, if you're listening, this is where Spotify might start getting market share on you guys. Get your shit together. That was uh, horrible. And especially, uh, by the way, the interview will be just as good tomorrow or the next day or, I mean, years from now. That's that's one they're going to remember me by. But you know, it's just frustrating, man. You put this much work into something and then the, the last piece of the puzzle, the most important piece doesn't get out there. And it's frustrating. You guys know this with your lives. It's frustrating when you've done the work and then you have to trust somebody else and they don't come through and it's like a big corporation. So you can't get a hold of anybody over there. It's not like an 1-800 number where you can, can I speak to Mr. Apple, please? No, you're like this small cog. But anyways, for those that did hear it, I know you guys, I got so much feedback on it. And Lindsay, we've uh, DM'd uh, uh, a bit today, and she it was so great. Um, she was so fun, and she was really there to uh, to play ball. Somebody said, was she drunk? No, she wasn't drunk. She had a rosé uh, and might have had one before we talked. But you know what? I love that. I was all caffeined up, so please... I wish I could make all my guests drink. Like, that was so good. We could have kept going. So, um, also, Lindsay made fun of me more today for um, for liking these shows as, as a man. So, um, I thought that was great. But please do not not listen to that episode. I think it's really – and especially – if you if you love Summer House, I think you really will like this interview. So I was really proud of the experience, and I just want you guys to hear it. So enough of that crap. And also, my God, you guys, what what an amazing uh, listenership we have! Um, I had asked for a thousand reviews. I was twenty two away, and I got it. I got it. That was my birthday wish. So thank you so much for making my birthday um, wish come true. My birthday is on Sunday, and. Um, I uh, I can't wait for it to be over, but thank you for that. That was like really cool. Um, just to remind everybody, I kind of had this, you know, you set little benchmarks for yourself and a thousand reviews uh, was always something that I was like, whoa, if I have a thousand reviews, that means I'm like, really, <laughs> that means I'm really good. But it's funny, like it really, you have to set those little benchmarks for yourself and these little things. Now, today's guest uh, you know her as the Bravo Breakdown. Her name is Sasha Morfa, and she is incredible. If you guys have seen her on Instagram, she's been on this podcast a couple of times before, and I'm so proud. She's like in my class, I feel, of people who started at the same time over on Instagram. And um, she had a really cool thing happen to her where she is producing a show with Embassy Row, who produces Watch What Happens Live and a lot of amazing podcasts. And we talk about that experience on this. And I'm just so dang proud of her um, and and so well-deserved. So it's so exciting to see good things happen to good people. But we go into all of that stuff. Um, but I'm going to talk about a couple of stories before we go there. And then Friday, you guys, you guys that have seen Real Housewives of Dallas this season. Now, there's a plot on there. Cameron um, is training her new dog, Fancy. And yeah, we have the dog trainer on the show. So Brad Bevel, Cameron and Court's dog trainer of their dog, Fancy, will be on the show. I talked to him today. He was awesome. And it's like a really cool conversation. Like it's not... I. I Everybody has something really cool to talk about. Like that is, I, 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 that's the one thing that never fails. Like I can be in a bad mood before I start, or I can be in a bad mood after. But when I talk to somebody, it is kind of like the most excited 
exciting part of my day and no matter what happens before or after for those like that hour or that half hour that I'm talking to somebody it's really cool because you're actually learning about somebody else and this he like he's like a genius with dogs like he he really is like he talks about dogs and their behavioral um uh, you know psychology and I thought all of it was just fascinating and he seems like a master at what he does and I was like shit I'm like a master at podcasting so I was like do you have any questions for me and he didn't have any but <laughs> that's going to be on Friday along with the Kardashian solo recap so we got a full week of goodness and I just really man what a what a what a what a good week um I don't know why I said what a three or four times. I just I guess I'm trying to fill the space. Uh, so Sasha is on today's show. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Now, I watch Real Housewives of New Jersey. Are you guys feeling New Jersey? I feel like it's a little bit Atlanta-like. And we talk about Atlanta in today's interview with Sasha. But I feel like it's, I don't know. Like today was just one of those episodes where it just kind of came and went. You know, there was a, a scene where Melissa uh, was talking to Gabriella about like sex, and it was kind of weird because Melissa can't really pull off. You know, you can always tell when Melissa's playing to the camera. And I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with Melissa. A lot of people really dislike Melissa. I don't, but I do like, I do realize that a lot of her scenes have like this certain like rhythm to it where it's kind of fake. Uh, and of course, we have Marge and her book, and they keep trying to make a plot line out of Marge's boss when she was younger um, that she had sex with, but he kind of like forced that onto her. And I know there is a, a huge issue, and I'm not a huge issue. I know it's highlighting an issue that a lot of women go through in terms of men forcing themselves on them or them feeling like they need to to get ahead. And, you know, there's a real important um a story there but at the same time uh i just feel like it's being lost in a lot of the other things like i really uh love margaret but this season it's just i feel like when they get a plot line like hers is the book and her house renovation kind of but the book mainly and if it doesn't really hit with audiences then you're left with that plot line for the entirety of the season and i'm excited to read or listen to the audiobook of margaret's um actual book but i don't know for some reason it just kind of uh. and then you have Teresa. she finally admitted she had a boyfriend and i i don't know like for some reason it's not all coming together for me personally but what i guess i love about these shows is that maybe it is coming together for somebody it's not like a total failure and we've had really high moments of the season when all the guys get together or that first uh episode with jackie and Teresa. but i gotta tell you too i i've once again turned a major you know 180 on jackie Jackie, I really don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I think, I hate to say this. I think I might want her gone from the, I love this. Like I'm some kind of king. I think I want her gone. I think I need her to leave now. Also, you know, this is why I need, and by the way, I think I have a lot of, uh, we had, um, my friend on uh, a couple months ago in January and she's like a fashion person. I need to get her back on because, uh, I don't know how to judge fashion. So when I see, and I feel like it's a huge part that I'm missing with this, when I see everybody post about like reunion outfits and all I see is like, oh, they're all wearing white. Like I, I guys, I'm like, they're all pretty. I don't know what we're judging here. Like 
I, you know, like, and everybody on Instagram makes a big deal out of this stuff because I know it's exciting for women, but like, I'm trying to be like, oh, well, they're all like, they're, they've all, you know, covered most of their bodies, you know, like, congratulations, like we did it. Um, like, um, you know, I kind of get excited, like, oh, Andy's wearing another suit. Cool, cool. But uh, unless they were like in coming out in Halloween costumes, which would kind of be a really cool thing for a reunion. I don't get it. So and I know it's a huge part of loving these shows. So I do need a fashion correspondent at times because they were also showed the uh, summer house reunion outfits, which, by the way, did you uh, get uh, in yesterday's interview with Lindsay? She admitted it's a two part reunion. So we have a two part summer house reunion, which is great for only what we had 11 or 12 episodes. Perfect, 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 perfect. And what I'm banking on is a secrets revealed episode after those two episodes so we will see uh i am holding my breath so hopefully but i even saw their outfits the only thing i knew was that like luke was wearing like this four button uh i don't even know how to describe it you guys he was wearing like this kind of suit that looked four <laughs> i just keep saying four buttons I don't, I don't know like once again they're all in clothes it was pretty exciting um we also are getting more and more confirmation, you guys, that Vanderpump Rules will be filming the first week of May. I will keep you posted as soon as I know anything. Uh, I will be camping out like it's a midnight screening of a new Harry Potter film, so I will be first in line. Uh, can you imagine if I just like have big signs? I'm like, let me in, Tom Tom forever. Um, I I think I've had enough time where I can get excited about the show again. Um, and also all quiet on the Jackson Brittany uh, front, or maybe I just have blocked it out. I have not checked if they've done any posts after, uh, Nipplegate on Monday. Nipplegate really, I mean, that's now there is a theory going around more and more that Jax did that on purpose. Jax was like, let's show a little nip and give them something to talk about. Let's give <laughs> Could you imagine that if your husband, after you just birthed the baby, was like, let's show him the nips. No, honey, I don't want to. Show it. Show it. Um, I don't know. I, I pray for little baby Cruz every day. When I say my prayers at night, I'm like, little baby Jesus, <laughs> little baby God and Jesus, Will you pray? Will you pray with me for Cruz? Will you watch over baby Cruz? Um, his dad, Jason Couchy, uh, exposes the mom's nipples to a wide swath of people on Instagram. Um, also, this is interesting. I watched this reality show on HBO Max because I was like, what the fuck is this? It was called Wall Street, but it's W-A-H-L Street. And it's a reality show about Mark Wahlberg and all of his businesses. Now, Mark Wahlberg fascinates me. I am a huge huge fan of the movie Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, and um, you know he plays an 80s porn star. Uh, and I, it, Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors of all time. That, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, uh, Phantom Thread was amazing. He's just somebody that I really, really love as a director. And uh, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I love him. But I think it's Mark Wahlberg's best film is Boogie Nights. But I've always been fascinated with with him because there was an article and I've been meaning to talk with you. This has been like, this is in the same file that I had like uh, Garth Brooks and Justin Bieber. Do you have your computer on you? Because I read this article and I wanted, 
I wanted to read it to you guys because I was like, this made me want to not um, live life anymore. If this is how, if like, if this is how somebody chooses to live their life, I'm doing it so the opposite of it because we talk, I talk about this a lot about high functioning people. I talk about this on today's podcast with Sasha because I'm like, how do people even manage? Like, it is so hard for me to like wake up in the morning. Like, there's like, and I mean, I'm awake physically, but mentally, I don't get awake for like three hours. Like, people will be texting me. Like, it doesn't even hit me. It's it's so weird. But I read this article. Like, this was an article from February seventh, twenty twenty. So this is pre COVID. And Mark is in that kind of same vein as Garth Brooks, in the fact that Garth is like, "Hey, I'm Garth." I love life to the fullest, you guys. I love it, you know. And he does things like, hey, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> Who thought? I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff. Um, that, of course, was Garth Brooks uh, joining Facebook for the first time. If you are new to the podcast, uh, Garth has provided this podcast for many, many moments because you can make fun of certain things that he says. But the thing that I love most about Garth Brooks is that he has this core belief that life is amazing and that everybody is one. And he's like a really positive person. So even when I think he's ridiculous, there is that flip side where you're like, well, he's still amazing because he really believes in what he's doing. And he's like really believes in the human experience. And Mark Wahlberg, I got to tell you, I think he might be Garth Brooks Jr. Because this guy, if you watch this Wall Street, W-A-H-L, Wall Street, his hands are in everything. And he just goes around from thing to thing. And he has passion. And he's like, let's do, let's, I, you know, I don't have a real Mark Wahlberg accent. Like, how you doing? I'm muck. I'm mucky muck. Like, that's not a Mark accent, but that's what we're going to use uh, for the sake of this. So this was an article about his daily life, okay? Now, Mark Wahlberg, if you don't know, um, he started off as Marky Mark, um, and his group was called Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And I don't really know what has happened to the Funky Bunch. I don't know if they... Are they still a bunch? Do they hang out as a bunch? Dude, it's like, what ha- Like, where where is the funky bunch now? Like, we know Mark is Mark Wal- Marky Mark is Mark Wahlberg, but what happened to the funky bunch? Like, wouldn't it have sucked if you were one of the funky bunch and you see Mark go to the top and you're like, we're still the funky bunch? How, how do we what? And and I don't even see him on cameo, you know, like, hey, we're the funky bunch. Like they can't even do cameos because you'd have to be you'd have to have the bunch. Like, do they live together in like a condo situation where like the funky bunch all live together? Because the funky bunch implies they're a group of people. And you can't have the funky bunch living in like six different locations. So if you don't know, this was Marky Mark's big song. Um, that was hugely popular around the time his brother Donnie Wahlberg had New Kids on the Block. Show with no intoxication. 
Can you feel it, baby? I can too. <laughs> that was actually Mark Wahlberg. There's literally a lyric in there. D-R-U-G-G-I-T-R-U-G-G-Y in my body. Like it's an anti-drug song. He told us years later that he was uh, a very big uh, marijuana user <laughs> at the time. But like, so that whole video, you guys, was black and white. And he was all ripped up because he was a Calvin Klein model like right after this. Um but I love the fact that some people don't know he had a rap career for like two albums. Uh, and yeah, Marky Wahlberg and the Funky Bunch. So what? And also, I've never been in a situation with a, a lady where I'm like, can you feel it, baby? <laughs> I can too. <laughs> Wait, by the way, I would love this is what I need a call in uh, a call in line, because I would love to know the weirdest thing a guy has ever sent to you intimately like has guys and and for guys to guys or girls to girls has anybody has have people said like you feel it baby i can too <laughs> hey you feel it baby <laughs> could you imagine i turn to you and go can you feel it baby <laughs> can you feel it baby <laughs> can you feel it baby <laughs> Jeez, can you feel it baby can you feel it? <laughs> How do you even write that? Like, yo, in this one part, I want to say, can you feel a baby? Can you feel a baby? <laughs> I would literally die. Can you feel a baby? And then I would just choke laughing. <laughs> can you feel a baby? Can you feel a baby? <laughs> can you feel a baby? <laughs> Oh my god, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> Can you feel it, baby? <laughs> Can you feel hey, hey, I got I got one question. Can you feel it, baby? <laughs> Tonight, if anybody has any significant others, before you go to bed, go. Can you feel it, baby? Can you feel? <laughs> Can you feel it, baby? <laughs> Can you feel it, baby? <laughs> oh my God! <It's... laughs> okay, somebody needs to make me a shirt with "Can you feel it, baby?" So bad it's good stuff. <laughs> Can you feel it, baby? That's so bad it's good. <laughs> okay, gotta chill. This is how I'm going to die. I'm going to die this way. <clears throat> okay, so that's not even what we're going to talk about here. He was in... Uh, this is from, this is from a um, some kind of web zine called Man of Many. Manofmany.com. And it's Mark Wahlberg's diet and workout plan. So you're like, okay. What, does he go to the gym for like an hour? Like, I've done that. Sometimes I'll hike for like two hours. I'm like, damn, I'm like ripped. So... With his average weight of 185 pounds and his 5'8 height, ooh, he's tall, um, Mark Wahlberg isn't exactly a professional bodybuilder material. Nevertheless, one could easily imagine him participating in the nearest weightlifting competition. Why would we imagine him doing this? Okay, so 
It's a far cry from his days as a Calvin Klein underwear model during which he capitalized on some signature washboard abs. By the way, this is written by a, a gentleman named Jacob Osborne. Um, so as it turns out, the secret of Wahlberg's success is a tear of dedication that will render you exhausted just by hearing it. And you guys, just fair warning, it will exhaust you. I've gone through many, I've known about this article since it first came out over a year ago. And I went through phases. It was like, it was like a death where I went through like bargaining, like anger, sadness. Cause I was like, what the fuck? Like, and this is guy's like a millionaire and stuff. And you're like, my whole point, whenever I think of somebody rich and all that, I think the whole point is to like get to a point where you don't have to work. And this guy, I'm just like, you've sucked all the fun out of being a star. You know, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. But he seems like he digs it. I don't know. Um, the actor has previously claimed that he wakes up as early as 2.30 a.m. to start his day and then launches into a diet and workout routine soon after. Okay. So are you guys ready for his 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 plan? And by the way, I don't fall asleep lately until 2.30 or 3.00. And I'm not even drinking. Like, that's just, I don't, I don't. So anyways, okay. <clears throat> One of the actor's most recent diet programs has him consuming his first two meals before most of us have even woken up. Here we go. 2.30 a.m. Wake up. So, okay. 2.30 a.m. Oh, what's up? I'm Mark. How you doing? Can you feel it, baby? I'm up. 2.30 a.m. Okay, uh, 2.45 a.m., that's 15 minutes later. If you do simple math, you can figure that out. Prayer time. So he's like, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yo, it's Mark. What's up, God? It's me. How you doing? So that's 2.45 a.m. He gives himself 30 minutes of prayer time. 3.15 a.m., breakfast number one. And you're like, damn, I love food, right? Food's awesome. <clears throat> he has steel oats, peanut butter, blueberries and eggs what the fuck are steel oats steel oats yo can i get and he, these are all prepared by a professional chef imagine being mark's professional chef having to wake up to make some steel oats and like a like here's some jiff and steel oats with some blueberries and eggs okay so he, he shovels that down he has 25 minutes before 3 40 to 5 15 a.m that's workout number one so he's like, yo, I'm, I got, I'm full, of, I'm full of steel oats and peanut butter. I need to work out for like an hour and a half. So he does that at 5.15. And then there is a 15-minute window from 5.15 to 5.30. And that time is unaccounted for. So I don't know what he is. We need to figure out what he's doing in those 15 minutes. But at 5.30 a.m., breakfast number two. At 5.30 a.m., breakfast number two. This one is a protein shake, three turkey burgers, and then five pieces of sweet potato. Now, if you're going to dangle something like five pieces, I want to know how big the pieces are. I am a quantity over quality person. So, like, what are we talking? In my head, are we like, do I get, like, five whole sweet potatoes? How are the sweet potatoes repaired? So many questions. So... 5.30, and then at 6 a.m., he showers. He's like, yo, got to get in here. Got to wash this sweat off from my, my workout, my prayers. And then he has an hour and a half scheduled for showering, unless they're not sharing what he does. And so 6 to 7.30 a.m., 7.30 a.m., he golfs. So maybe like he has a drive to the golf. I don't know. 7.30 a.m. And then at 8 a.m., he has a snack. 
and his snack is 10 turkey meatballs, 10 turkey meatballs. So it's like, is he on the golf course and are they like slinging meatballs at him? Like, is it like an old spaghetti factory? It's like, yo, let me see if I can catch him in my mouth. Mmm. Like, I just, this seems impossible. This seems like, okay, so 8 a.m. and then 9.30, he has an hour and a half. Like, this must all be together because he's golfing at 7.30, 8 a.m. is a snack. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's still golfing while he eats a snack. And then at 9.30 a.m., he does cryo chamber recovery, which is like that freezing machine that's supposed they've done on, on like Real Housewives before we've seen it. So 9.30, cryo chamber recovery, 10.30 a.m., breakfast number three. We have a grilled chicken salad. Now we're talking with two hard-boiled eggs, olives, avocado, cucumber, tomato, and lettuce. That sounds that. Now that is my speed. Okay. Now 11 a.m. Family time. Okay. That is very family time. We got meetings. We got work calls. And then 1 p.m. We got lunch. And for lunch, he has a New York steak with green peppers now i don't know about the green i've heard i've heard multiple sources say green peppers aren't good for you i don't know so 2 p.m we got more meetings and work calls 3 p.m pick up kids from school he has like three kids by the way 3 30 p.m snack grilled chicken with bok choy of course you know when i was in elementary school you know my mom would be like yo snack time i'd be like grilled chicken with bok choy again she'd be like of course um 4 p.m workout number two 5 p.m. shower, second shower of the day, 5.30 p.m. dinner, family time. Like, if you're his kids, you're like, Dad, why are we eating at 5.30 p.m.? Now, it's fish, uh, halibut or cod or sea bass with veggies such as sautéed spinach and bok choy, 7.30 bedtime. When the fuck does he film his movies? Like, he didn't even schedule his movies in here. Like, how? what, what happens when he's on set? How does he do this? So... So 7.30 is bedtime, 2.30 is wake up, 7.30, 8.30, 9.30, 10.30, 11.30. That's four hours, 11.30 to 12.30, that's five hours to 1.36. So he's seven hours of sleep. Does he ever watch TV? I mean, nobody's going to want to, he probably doesn't want to watch his movies, but I, I just, I don't, I don't, it just upsets me so much. How, like, it's, it's, what, what is the fun of life if you can't, like, cancel shit and like where do his friends come to him but anyways i've been watching this wall street and um uh you know it just follows him from thing to thing and i gotta tell you it is pretty strenuous and it doesn't even have this in in it but i can you feel it baby can you feel it baby feel the vibration <laughs> anyways that is mark Wahlberg's life i don't i i just i I don't think I could ever do it, you guys. I just, I don't know. There's so many things. <sighs> what if I got all hardcore like Mark Wahlberg? What if that's what it takes? What if I get Mark Wahlberg on this podcast? I'm like, no. From minute two, I do the mashup. And then from two to 10 minutes, I talk about, hello, how are you? From 10 minutes, 12 minutes, I ask, how you doing? <laughs> you feel it, baby? <laughs> okay, okay, this is stupid. You guys, the last thing I want to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> okay be professional ryan this is dumb uh the last thing i, uh, I want to talk about is today speaking of hbo max we got the world premiere trailer of bethany frankel's uh new reality show 
Um, it is called, now we knew this, uh, that was coming out, but it got like delayed because of COVID, like everything, but it's called The Big Shot with Bethany and it's streaming on HBO Max, April 29th. So you guys, next Thursday, we will have this show out and we will be able to cover this on this podcast. Now, if you watch the trailer, I would play it here, but there's just too many visual things that I don't think it would play well over a podcast. But it, basically, and I hate to say this, I think Donald Trump has a lawsuit on his hands. This seems like a direct ripoff of The Apprentice, where she's like, I'm a busy lady. I need to have somebody by my side. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I do everything. And like, it's like some, you know, funny Bethany jokes. It really does. It does seem like Bethany's scenes of Real Housewives in New York. We see Dorinda pop up at a certain time. uh, And basically, she is hiring for her, you know, just be brand or skinny girl brand. Um, And she's trying Trying to find a new person to run aspects of her company. You know, it's a competition reality show. I, I got to tell you, it's probably going to be decent. I will watch it. But, I, you know, when I say I'll watch something, that doesn't really mean a hell of beans. Like, I, you know, I... I've watched most of like the real world, like every season. I've watched every season of every Bravo show for the most part, and I'm catching up on the ones I don't. So I've watched so much bad TV in my day that me saying like I'll watch something doesn't mean like it's a stamp of approval. It just means like I'll pretty much watch anything, which I think a lot of you guys will as well. So I'll be interested to see what that is. And also, we never got to cover this story on Monday, but Bethany... Frankel did uh, supposedly do stand-up, and then she had somebody leak that story to page six. I was thinking it was going to be a part of this reality show, but they're saying, no, it isn't. But, you know, <laughs> didn't she, Bethany sure quieted down after she had that Meghan Markle tweet. We kind of saw her lay low a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see her do press again and to see how far she can stick her be-well foot in her be-well mouth um, because it's wild how much, you know, it's when people start believing their own press, when people start believing their shit doesn't stink. I've met a couple of celebrities, uh, you know, through the years where you're like, oh no, they're starting to believe all the shit we've said about them. Like they're starting to believe they're untouchable. And for Bethany, she has every reason to be confident, but it's interesting. Like I always really appreciate the people that have quiet confidence and that's whether it be a female or a male, because I think there's, you know, there's something strong in, not telling everybody about something, but doing those things. And I got to tell you, Bethany with her charity work, what a, I mean, what an amazing thing. And I, that's why I always kind of, uh, really appreciate certain aspects of Bethany. But then when she tries to give her commentary on things that are not asked of her, it's like, girl, you, you're not on entertainment tonight. You're not asked to report on your opinions of Meghan Markle. Um, but it'll be interesting. I'm I'm actually really excited for that show, um, just to see what it's like. I, I like to. It'll be interesting to see if she can return to reality TV that is not Bravo. Um, so I will be very interested to see that. I, I are you guys interested in? It? Are you guys into that? Maybe we should cover it on the show. Let me know if we should cover it or if I should cover it on Patreon. Uh, which, by the way, uh, me and Maritza Lo- Maritza Lopez, we uh, we recorded the season two episode one of Real Housewives of Miami 
Miami. We did the first season, and that is finished, and now we just recorded the second season. It should be out sometime tomorrow afternoon, and uh, me and Kate Legeko are going, <coughs> Kate Legeko, sorry, are going to cover this week's Real Housewives of Dallas. That should be out tomorrow as well. So there's things over there on the Patreon if you'd like that. But I got to tell you, Real Housewives of Miami, if you guys aren't watching it, it is on the Bravo TV app. And they are doing a new season now. They're rebooting it for Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service. And NBC, of course, is um, you know the umbrella which uh, Bravo is under. So that'll be great that they're doing that. But I got to tell you, the first season was really good. I loved it. Already, the first episode of Real Housewives of Miami, it's my first time watching it, you guys. If you haven't seen it, it is so good. Like, the first episode comes out of the gate. I'm like, how is this show not still on the air? It's so good. Mama Elsa is Marisol, which is one of the characters in it. It's her mother, and she is the one that had bad plastic surgery and her face got botched. And by the end of the, the first episode of the second season, she is being wheeled into an ambulance and she's like oh i hurt and you know the ladies are following her out and i can't it is classic housewives it harkens back to remember vicky gunvalson on vacation being wheeled out of the room remember <laughs> you know and i was just like this is amazing it is still amazing that bravo has such a catalog that you know i i haven't watched all of it so when i go back i'm like damn I mean, they've been producing great content throughout the years, and I think that is incredible. So, um, but what also is incredible is my next guest. Damn, that was a smooth trans. That's smooth transition, baby. Smoothest I can get. We have an amazing next guest. Her name is Sasha Morfa. Uh, of course, you guys know her as at the Bravo Breakdown on this Instagram, where she uh, does these amazing edited pieces. Um, her and her dude do this together. Um, and I don't think we've ever actually got to meet her guy, but he helps her with these. But it is so edited perfectly. Um, just really great. And, and the true uh, gift of all of this is Sasha herself. And... Uh, She's an actor, so I really appreciate talking to her from a different angle than with a lot of people because we kind of have lived similar lifestyles as actors. So it's great to talk. We talk a little bit about acting, um, and then we, of course, switch it into what she's doing with Embassy Row, uh, with uh, the the deal she just signed. And then, of course, we go around the world with Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Dallas, Little Vanderpump, a little uh, a lot of Summer House. We go all around the map. I love her so much. So I think you are going to really, really dig this conversation. So you guys, this is Thursday. We are almost to the end of the week. I hope you guys have a great Thursday. And also, I just want to remind you, please uh, give that Lindsay uh, interview uh, a chance. Or not a chance. Just listen to it because it's not on Apple Podcasts, obviously, for some people. So don't forget it because I just had such a good time. And I, I, I think you guys will really laugh uh, during it. So um, we will talk to you on Friday. Bye, guys. Here's Sasha. You feel it, baby? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Thursday episode. Today, um, you are actually just going to listen to me catch up with a friend, and that's what I can see. I don't even consider this work at this point. This is actually just going to be fun for me, and I'm just going to uh, let you guys listen in, and it's going to be amazing. I can already tell you that. Um, this person, you might know her as uh, the Bravo Breakdown, but uh, what you might not know is uh, we're going to find out more about is she is potentially uh, going 
going to have a show out there based on what you've already seen on Instagram, which I need to find out all the information. Plus, she was on Watch What Happens Live. Uh, she she was on there with, with all the greats. She is now on the Mount Rushmore. And I remember uh, watching that with pride. Um, but we're going to talk about all the shows. We're going to talk about what she's up to. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pod, Sasha Morfa. Sasha, Hi, thank God. you so much. Thank you, Ryan. I'm so happy to be back. I was so looking forward to talking to you today. It just makes my no. It's day. one of those things where I was like, "Oh, this is so easy. This is not even work." And I, well, not that I think of this as work, but you know what I'm saying, where you're yes. like, "Oh, I have a, a shorthand with this person a little bit," you know. Totally. Um, totally. And I also forgot to say this in the intro is that I was I couldn't sleep um, a couple of weeks ago and HBO Max. And I turned on the uh, John Stewart movie. Uh, I think it was called Irresistible with Steve Carell. And you were in the Steve Carell. Uh, oh my the, gosh. The, I, was so, <laughs> I was like, holy crap, holy crap. I was like, where's he going with this? I'm like, HBO Max. I'm like, what am I watching on HBO Max? Like, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I mean, like, well, that's what I, I find. Uh, I love talking to you because it reminds, you know, like I, I, I am an actor. I started off as an actor and so are you. And the first conversation I had with you, it was definitely during quarantine and stuff. And we were talking about pivoting in careers and going which way the, the, the river takes you. And I feel for this, like, you know, you're still an actor, an amazing actor auditioning. I believe you just uh, booked a commercial, which you shot, mm -hmm. but this really cool path open because of shows that you love to watch. Yeah, it, it's it's so crazy that it shows that I love to watch that my actor friends used to shame me for. I know. <laughs> you know? I'm like, take that. Take they thought that. less of you. They thought less of you for this. I know. It's so <laughs> funny. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you like you said, you just go with it. Like, would I have ever guessed that this is what I would be doing a year a year ago? No, I would have never. Would you have ever? Like, I would never would have thought oh. that was possible. If I thought I was going to be at my desk talking about Bravo for like five oh hours at time at night, great. and like, yeah, I mean, but yeah, at the same time, great. you know, I, I can say I never thought it, but at the same time, it doesn't, you know, it like doesn't surprise me. Oh like, yeah, it weird. makes sense. Like a, it makes yeah. total sense. It's it's yeah, I love it so much. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you just kind of keep taking the next right action. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so you make the video, you talk about Bravo, and then you just say yes to everything. And that's literally just what it's been like for me. Just like, okay, I'm just going to put myself out there and then say yes to everything. And I know that's, just, I feel like, you know, that sounds corny because, you know, Shonda Rhimes, her year. Oh, I read that book. I read that. Like, the, the power, really the power, the power, the power of yes. Really do. You just like go with it. I'm like, and then when, you know, with the quarantine, when the time, when your time opens up like that, you know, as an actor, you never have that time to start a whole new project. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Because you're always constantly chasing looking for the next audition, the next class, the next job. I mean, that's, so being an actor is like a nonstop hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you do slow down or, or you realize like, is this going to keep up until I die? Like, I mean, right. like, how exactly. Do you, where does exactly. this get off? And I think that's kind of Bravo has been a refuge for me in that sense, where it's like stability in a life of no mm -hmm. stability as an actor, mm -hmm. you know? Oh Yeah. Cause, and it's also kind of like that same scary, scary kind of feeling. Cause it reminds me of like the soap operas where it's like, it could go on forever. Like we <laughs> yeah, could yeah, probably yeah. talk about Bravo until we die. Yeah. Well, well, do you ever get scared? Bravo's going to go away. Like I get I, scared. Like, I, like exactly. I was like, we got to get new people involved. Like we all know, like there's like a hundred of us nutcases that watch everything and we talk about it, but I'm like, uh -huh. are we bringing new people into this? We got to get with the outreach has got to be there. You know? I know. I know. Um, so what I wanted to start with, so, you know, I, 
I think I read the announcement from you or for Embassy Row or so. So Embassy Row, they are the company that produces things like Watch What Happens Live. They have a string of amazing podcasts. They are really, um, you know, if I were to make a, a list of dream companies to work with, I think they would be on it. How do you get approached? Because I was also listening back to our first interview and I, I was saying, Hollywood sometimes is a little not as imaginative as it could be, and it'll take a fully formed product, which I think the Bravo breakdown is. It looks beautiful. The comedy is there. The editing is there. And I know you and your mister uh, put this together, but like, uh, how does it, how do they approach you? Like, what is that meeting like? So they asked me to do Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. With like a day, like a day's notice. So I did watch what happens live. You say, no, I need two days. I can't. Right, I can't right, 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 right. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> I'm like, cool, let's do it. So watch what happens live. I do watch what happens live. And then two days after watch what happens live, some people, like some of the, a, a producer, I don't remember who it was exactly, but like a producer or a show or someone that was involved reached out and they were like, we loved you on the show. Would love to do another meeting with you. So I'm like, cool. So I do the meeting with uh, the team members on the watch what happens live side so like this uh executive producer um one of the lead uh scripts producers a story producer and they're just like talking about uh basically just like what they liked about what i contributed it's like we really like this we like these things did you like like yourself on watch what happens live or you know i wasn't like an actor so okay so you know as an actor i obviously had my critiques yes that's what i was i was i'm always like that yeah yeah totally i definitely had those moments but i felt like overall I was okay with it. I was like, that's fine. You know, I didn't say anything to make myself cringe, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm cool with it. As long as you don't say anything problematic, honestly, I'm good with anybody. Just don't <laughs> say anything racist. Don't say anything homophobic. I don't care what you say. You can oh, that would be, that would be incredible if you, you said something racist and homophobic. On oh, right, your, right, right. Your appearance. Yeah. You just ruined it all in one spot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how I go about it. Cause I tell people that though, when people ask me, it's just like, when you're being in a position where you're asked for your opinion or you're just like having a conversation and you know that a lot of people are going to see it, if the best you can do is just be open and be like yourself and a nice person, it's like people are, you know, it's fine. Because I used to get like hard on myself, like, oh, I got to have the, the best take and I got to make sure I say this and say that. But then especially if I did it the second time, it was just like, OK, just like you're saying, like, just act like you're having a conversation with a friend and somebody's going to relate to you. You know what well, I mean? And it's also different than, you know, the Bravo breakdown. There are these like controlled aspects to that. You know, yes. you, you can cut away at a perfect exactly. line. You can, you know, and it's it is such a really, and I mean this in the best way, it is such a nice packaged product where totally. you, which by the way, it is funny though to watch those and you can sense your exhaustion sometimes, not in your personal exhaustion, but exhaustion in watching these shows. Yes. You I'm know, like, like, are we doing this again? You're are like, we Drew, doing this again? uh, Drew immediately uh, <laughs> went to the prophets and. <laughs> Wait, is it is it bad, Ryan? Is it? Is no, it, I love it. I love okay, it. Like, no, no, that's the same with my podcast. Because sometimes I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll talk about the Kardashians or I'll talk about something yeah. else, and I'll be like, "Well, we did it again. A complete right. fake storyline. I don't know why they do this to us. Totally. You know, because it's, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable otherwise. Yes. You know? Well, and also that's what people come to you for is honesty and your opinion. Mm-hmm. And if we feel you were like faking that, it would come across right. like people like they, they already know their opinion on these shows. I think they come to yes you or to me or to anybody to be like, okay, well, what's this, what's this lady's totally. take on it? What's totally. this? And sometimes I'll be like, damn, that's exactly my take. And mm-hmm. it kind of, that's cool. You know? 
Absolutely. Okay, so you do two Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Them, yeah, and, and then they're like, okay, we want to have you meet with some this more the 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 the, the development side of the department. Are you like so at the, this point? Are you like, holy shit, what's going on? Okay, like, so, I mean- <laughs> okay, so this okay, so the first meeting, I was like, oh my god, super super excited, and I had things in my mind that I that I thought the meeting would go, yeah. and then it was so chill the first meeting, and I was like, oh okay, maybe it's just a conversation, like maybe I'm putting too much on it. They just want to get to know me. You know, they do that all the time. You know, as actors, they'll have a, you'll have a general meeting with a whole network, you know, and it doesn't oh, mean anything. So no, I was like, okay, maybe it's like that. And then the second meeting was with the development team. And that was like a meeting that's like, okay, pitch it to us. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, this is, this is it. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I'm not ready. I didn't realize that that was the actual meeting with the actual people that would be yeah. like working with. The first one was just like, oh, these are the people who watch what happens live. You did great. Cool. So yeah, the second meeting was like, you know, I wasn't prepared, but it ended up being fine because I figured it out about halfway through. I'm like, oh wait, I'm literally pitching you my exact show, what I think yeah. be, the the you know the direction, everything. So then after that meeting, we just started. We signed the contract. That was probably uh, January, February, Mar- Mar- maybe maybe March. Where are we now? Are we? What are We're we, in April, summer? maybe We're late February. Okay. So you know, I did watch yeah. what happens live in January. And then I probably signed on in like March or something, late February. Yeah. So, so we're still in the planning phase of this. We don't, do you know if it's, I don't okay, know so, what you're allowed to say. Is it video? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it pod? What okay. Is it? So right now it is like, we are doing video. I just don't know where it's going to live. So right now we're basically shooting like a sizzle pilot, like just like me getting takes and things like that. And then yeah, we're yeah, yeah. hopefully going to get depending on COVID and vaccination and things, but we want to do some sketches with like some people that are local. Oh, heck yeah. I, I was just saying like, you know, I want to, I, I want to have, if my interaction with these rival liberties being an actor, like I would prefer to feel like we're like an equal, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, so I think it's like cool if you just have like an activity or something, if you're able to do that. Well, can you do me a favor though? And don't do one of those places where they go and break stuff like they did in every reality show uh, two years ago. <laughs> Or 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 axe throwing or axe throwing. axe throwing. Oh my god! Well. Oh my god no. Um, no, but you but know, like it'd be fun to like make drinks with the Tom, like you know, oh, Eric yeah, Tom, something like that. Yes. Like well, if you I could mean, do your pod in person, you could like hang out with him in person. You it know would be saying? such a different. Well, and they would be anybody your would be, idiot would be not down. to make it video. Anybody would be idiot to not have a video component with exactly. you because that's how we know you. You know, yeah. so that's what we're thinking. Something like that. We're testing out. So right now we're just like in the testing phase, like just testing out ideas and seeing, you know, what we can do. I mean, I ideally like for me, what I love most about Bravo is the community. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to like reaching out to like you guys, my friends and like getting you guys involved and, you know, do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just putting, I'm putting myself in there. I'm already involved. I'm, I'm a part of the, no, no, but is it like, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, I always think about that 10,000 hours makes you an expert on anything. And you said yeah. your second meeting was all of a sudden it turned into a pitch and you were like, oh no, I forgot to wear my pants on the first day of school. <laughs> like, but what I love about this thing is that then you realize you're like, oh, well, I am ready for this. This is what I yeah. do. There's no, yeah. like, I love those moments in life where you maybe are not prepared for it mentally, but then you're like, wait, this is actually what I do. This is mm-hmm. not even work. You know, this is right. just who I am. Yeah. And I have a feeling that maybe is a little bit with you, you know? Yeah. And it's hard to just go with it. Cause you know, as an actor, Oh God, the rejection I have, like 
PTSD. I swear to God, I have PTSD from all of the rejection. And it's like, I've had a lot of yeses in my career. Like, and I know I'm lucky that I've had a lot more than most. I mean, you know, and, the uh, and, and, and by the way, you've had a lot of yeses in your career and that is still, you've probably gotten like 97% no. Yes. Like it is yes. so scarring. Like, do you have your worst audition story or the worst no that you've gotten? Oh yeah. Oh my God. I, it's so clear in my mind. Okay, so <laughs> when I first moved to LA, I was like, I'm going to intern at as many casting directing office as I can. I did so that mind too. you, you do that too, right? I'm going to learn yeah, yeah. You know, the in and out. In Robert and out. Ulrich. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, so you're yeah. there, you're just doing whatever they say, yeah. you know, just being a bitch or whatever. And so <laughs> this one casting director is a total bitch, total fucking bitch. <laughs> but I came in there and I was so hardworking because you know, I was so green and so eager. And then Five years later, I, long story short, you know, I end up leaving life happens, whatever. Five years later, I get an audition and it's her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's finally my time to shine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, you know, that worked for her. Like she was never nice to me, but I always was sharp. I always did what she asked. I come into the audition, Ryan, I could not remember a word. I could not remember a single Because all word. you're thinking about is five years ago, probably. Uh, and I made sure that she remembered me. I'm like, you remember me, right, oh, Sasha? She's like, oh, yeah. I want yeah. you to remember this failure that I yeah, did right now. Yeah, and I'm right like, okay, now. let's do it. And I could not. And she kept going, just use your sides. No, I got it. I got it. I was like, no, I got it. People don't realize... That. You guys, like, so basically you're going into the weirdest, no other job really does this except for actor is you get a day to prepare these like material, which it's called sides, the audition material. You go in, you do your pleasantries. I don't know if you're an actor that tries to win the room where you're like, hey, what's going on, everybody? And then it's usually just you and a casting director or you on tape and you'll start. And usually the start is if you start wrong or something, you get immediately in your head and you can drop the lines and you'll just be like, okay, can I go again? Can I yep. go again? And I... I mean, I've been on the other side of that watching the auditions where I've seen somebody go five times in a row. I know, it's, and it just crumbles and it burns and it flames like in before <laughs> your eyes. And you can't, and as the person that's happening to you, you can't get out of it. No, like, you're like, like trapped. It's like the the uh, what the DJ is just stuck. Uri, 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 <laughs> like you can't shake it. And you know, you know it's happening too. You know like it's, it's happening, but you can't stop. You cannot stop. You can't stop starting over and you cannot read the lines. Oh God. I mean, so what is not, what'll be nice. I mean, but this is like a perfect thing because I think the modern day actor now is all about diversification in terms of, can you do voiceover? Yeah. Can you do have an opinion on things? Do you have, it's not just like, it's not the seventies anymore. We can't be like Al Pacino on Broadway. And then we're picked out of nowhere to be in the Godfather. It's just like a different beast because of how much, uh, you know, how many different things there are in terms of YouTube and podcasting. Um, I think this is the only way to go now is yeah. to be successful in many different areas, which yeah. I think this is, if anything, is going to help the acting, you know? Totally. And I feel like they've been saying that, like acting teachers, and they've always been saying, like, you should do multiple things. Create your own content. Totally. And I was always content. like, fuck you. Like, I don't want to write a script. Like, I don't want to <laughs> get a whole crew in like a grip. I don't want to do that. But now it's changed so much. So you don't need anybody. Like, you can do it from your home. Well, you proved that. That's what I was saying. Like, you proved that. It looked like a, like, it didn't even look. It was a fully produced product, and you guys did it on the cheap. And I feel like that's where you reap the real benefits because you weren't trying to be successful. I mean, you you know what I'm saying? You weren't trying to be like, hey, right. I'm Elon Musk, and this no, is going to be no. a billionaire. Pro you were doing <laughs> it out of your love for this and bringing your yeah. talents to it. And mm -hmm. I think that marriage, people can feel that, you know? That's cool, Ryan. Thank yeah, you. but I feel like that's what it is. Now, yeah. 
I do need to, uh, we do need to talk, uh, talk Turkey. We do, we do need to talk Bravo and I need to go, uh, through these shows with you as a Bravo expert. Um, let's start with real housewives of Atlanta because we just had the season finale this past Sunday. I have been wildly underwhelmed with this show this season. I've had moments of pure bliss, like with Bolo or certain scenes, what was your overall feeling about this season and what do you expect out of the reunion? I feel almost identical. I've been wildly underwhelmed. I Bolo, okay, so the Bolo episode gave me so much life. Like I was yeah. on a, I was on a high. Like that was one of the best nights I've had in probably a, a year. It was one of the best nights of my year. It was a great night to watch. For me, I was confused. I was like, how did a male stripper end up in one of the best nights of my year? You know? Literally. It was amazing. amazing. So that was the high of the season. And then ever since then, it's just been like a downward spiral. And I, I, I will say this. I think that Drew needs to go. Okay, this is what I was, because uh, I was wildly charmed by Drew in the beginning, except for Ralph, her husband. Yes. I thought Ralph was gross. But I I mean, I don't think she's going anywhere. I think they're building this franchise around her at this point, you know? I'm telling you right now, Andy loves her. I've like, like on every time anyone has asked about her. Are you, are you like, Andy, you need Andy. Listen to me. Look at me. Do not do this. Don't listen to this, Andy. Don't listen. Well, she, he puts her on Watch What Happens Live a lot. He likes her a lot. And nothing against Andy. He likes Drew. I don't like Drew. Why don't you like Drew? What is your issue? Okay. First of all, she's judgmental as fuck. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, how old are you? she? Acts like but she's isn't that the best trait of a housewife? No, 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 no. It's it's taking us backwards though. Like, it's one thing to be like judgmental and just be like ignorant about it, but she's very like, um, she speaks with a lot of authority about people. That is just like you have the Delilah spirit. You yeah, I didn't even know what Delilah spirit like, was girl, until I watched this show. I was I, like Delilah spirit. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And she's actually very religious. So it's odd that she's like on the show even. And then like the Bolo situation, like I'm just confused by her. I don't get, well, and this is, you know, you were talking about in your, uh, I think most recent Bravo breakdown about like the prophet and stuff. And I didn't even like, you know, I, I grew up Catholic and, you know, I know priests and I know this, oh. but like prophet is like kind of a, a spiritual advisor, I think. And I never get with these <laughs> priests prophets anything is that like i'm like why are they way better dressed than i ever will be like the prophets in like a full like hat and like scarf that matches the hat and like i'm like if you're a prophet aren't you like giving back to everybody and like you're wearing old navy clothes and stuff like no and i love old navy clothes but this guy is way too dressed it's so ridiculous and then he's a so scam you, artist. That's what he that's, is. He's a great, he's a great actor and he's a scam artist. Well, so you guys, if you didn't watch, I know a lot of you didn't, but I want to catch you up. And I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast is that Toya is the other, but she's not even a full housewife, which I don't know why, because she's in a lot of it, but she uh, went there for spiritual advising and supposedly uh, the prophet really dug her and they might be hooking up even though he has a baby with somebody else. It's a little cloudy. And then what happened was Drew would not drop it and say, you have, th- you know, you're sleeping with the prophet or you're, there was a lot of choice words and it almost felt rehearsed in terms of Drew's head, what she was throwing out at her and she <laughs> wouldn't. And then the, the, the season finale is wild. She busts out a cassette player and then yeah. ta- like puts out a conversation that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it totally tanked. And but then Drew 
Drew was like, no, and everyone no. was mad as hell that she showed up with that raggedy wig when everyone else brought a thousand dollar gift. Oh yeah, they had a they had a gift exchange, you guys, where you had to do like a thousand dollar thing, and she brought the first wig from the year or from the first episode, I think, when she got made fun of for it, and the other people are bringing like iPhones and stuff like this. <laughs> I would have been so bummed out. But like Drew kind of flamed out for me towards the end of the season when I had ha- I really dug her for the most part. And then the last couple of episodes, she fell apart. Yes, absolutely. Because I was tolerating her. I even did, I didn't even mind like the fight that she had with Kenya when they were like singing. I was like, whatever, like, <laughs> cool, do, do your thing, you know. But then the profit thing, she really took a hard left. I mean, I just I just her. I don't know. Like, I just don't believe like if you're. If your priest or spiritual advisor or anybody like is finding their way onto your TV show, like that's not a good spiritual advisor. I just I don't know a lot about spiritual advisors. I'm a basic person, but I just I don't know what. How would you? How would you? Because by the way, people are the the audiences are so fickle now. We're so smart and we we are so opinionated. Yes. How would you? Because I I'm like it. Atlanta's not going anywhere. Atlanta is a staple. Not like, going anywhere. And it shouldn't they, they go anywhere. Have a, they can have a bad season and they'll still be fine. How would you fix a show like Atlanta if if uh, you could? Okay, so Drew needs to go. I'm sorry. Latoya needs to go. I'm good on both of them. Keep Kenya. Obviously, we need Candy forever. Keep Kenya. You don't find Kenya getting old, her antics getting okay, old. Okay, I don't enjoy Kenya at all. <laughs> But she's an excellent villain because she doesn't back down from anyone. Like she will go toe to toe with anyone. And I I think that I think she's needed because if we don't have Kenya, then we don't have a villain. Like who else is going to be the villain if it's not Kenya? And every show needs a villain. It is funny. Even like my dad, I've been making him watch some like Summer House and you know, some episodes of Vanderpump Rules. Uh-huh. And he's very quick to point that out of like, well, you know, you need a Jack sometimes. You need you need that, Ooh, you know, you do. You gotta, I love to hear. So I think Kenya's very, Kenya and Candy for sure. Portia needs an equal. I feel like Portia is like the star of that franchise. But Portia feels lost a little bit in terms of she's out to, I don't even know what it is. It just doesn't feel like she's a part of it. She needs someone to anchor her back in. Like she needs like a Nini. Like Portia has to like bounce off of someone like Nini. So they need to bring, I think that Portia will do so well with Phaedra. Like I feel like if they brought Phaedra back, it would well, be- there is a rumor that they might. Br- I mean, I don't know where. I, I mean, I also uh, heard rumors that uh, um, uh, who going to check me? Boo is going to come back. I love both of them. If they brought Phaedra uh, and Sheree back, I would be so happy. I would just be the happiest woman ever. Like I would he, love that show. They're doing a Bravo All Stars. I need. I feel like they need to do Bravo All Stars of like this the the specific seat like Atlanta. You know, do yeah, Bravo All Stars yeah. and pick because yeah. now there's such a history be- behind these shows that you do have an All Star cast with each franchise but then i'm so interested to see someone like sonia interact with anyone on atlanta cast <laughs> I, I just i need to see that happen at least once in my life like i need to see kenya go toe-to-toe with like a Teresa, like something like that you know what i mean like because it's one thing to see these women like arguing with women in their element it's like and that they know that they know the exactly. rhythm you know but i want to see like what's ramona gonna do when she's actually someone that doesn't put up with her you know what i mean it, i would love I mean, to see that I was talking about this uh, earlier or last week about Ramona being so wildly inappropriate and out of touch, but at the same time, for some reason, she is 
and I find myself doing this as well. She's almost considered like a caricature of herself. So we forgive a lot more with Ramona than most people. And I don't know what that magical thinking is, uh, but I even find myself doing it of like, oh, well, she just is so horrible to everybody. Like, what is that that we do with certain people? Is it is it because they provided us so much joy in making fun of them? Like, I don't know what that is. I think it's that and something about her is endearing something about like she has this childlike sense about her like I think it's probably you know she always talks about how her parents were like rageaholics and stuff yeah it's like something about her I feel bad for her yeah I don't know yeah. what it is when you 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 I sometimes find myself well she's harmless because she says such stupid outlandish things but then I've realized I've thought that about other things in the past and then they've come to to light and it's like yeah. made the country horrible you know so I I do yeah. I'm curious to see, like, in terms of Real Housewives of New York, which is coming up, like, in, like, two weeks, or no, like, a week and a half. I mean, are you curious about how that season is going to be? Because we have the introduction of Ebony Williams, yeah. uh, which we had the taglines this week, which I'm sure you you checked out. What are your expectations of New York? I had high expectations. Now I'm a little worried. The taglines didn't really do it for me. And the trailer didn't really do it for me. So I'm a little worried. It is worrisome when you see the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tra trailer and you're like, ooh, that looks like I even was good. like, I love New York more than Beverly Hills. And in terms of trailers, I really enjoyed the Beverly. There was more bang for your it. buck. Loved it. OK, so, so I'm going to pick your brain for a second. Yeah. So we're going to be if if I were to have the opportunity to interview a person from Beverly Hills or that lives locally in person. Yeah. Who do you think, who would you want to hear from the most? Considering I that mean, it might be around some sort of activity. Okay. Well, I mean, of course I would love for you to do Erica Jane setting up a checking account in her own name <laughs> at Wells Fargo. Uh, that would be my first. Well, I mean, but for real, if you ever could, you would never. Mean, it would first be, no, not the checking account, but, but it would. that would actually do it though. She's not <laughs> do anything. You would be amazing. In I'm telling you, there she is a reason it. to pitch people like Erica Jane for that because I don't know. Anyway, I think that would be an Let's amazing think of someone that would actually okay. do it though. Okay. I would love to, I think Sutton would be too, um, too, too frantic in certain ways where you wouldn't get an interview out of what I really would love to see is you with Kyle or Dorit. Um, and, uh, uh, if it was with Kyle, I would love for you guys to go shopping together. Uh, okay. I would love for her to pick out an outfit, maybe one of her caftans from the yeah, Kyle Violin yeah, yeah, collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if it was Dorit, my dream is you guys would go to Buca de Beppo and she would take you behind the scenes um, and, yeah. and things like that. But also, I think those two conversations could be wildly fascinating and you could probably get a lot more out of them than most people. And I yeah. think they're, they would be willing to go there, you know? Yeah. Who is yours? That's ex I honestly, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking Dorit and then Kyle would be, I feel like Dorit would be the most willing to do it. Kyle might be a little bit, you know, cause she's yeah, Dorit seems like she might be game for some weird things. Just in terms would. Of TikTok presence. Totally. Um, I mean, even like if we did like a bridal game, a game, cause she knew she'd do a bridal uh, line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, th I think she would be happy to have the opportunity to promote her products, whatever she's or, got going on. Or it'd be kind of cool to, uh, is it Rebecca Minkoff, the new? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It would be interesting to talk to her before. Crystal. 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 Sorry, sorry. Crystal. It would be interesting to talk to her before the whirlwind starts because I would love to, I mean, you could do a before and an after because yeah. I feel like sometimes they think they know what they're about to get into yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the show airs and how they're perceived. It's like Heather Gay with Salt Lake. I don't think yeah. 
uh, I talked to her briefly and she was, uh, had no idea. She thought she was going to be hated by audiences. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know what they thought beforehand and then what it actually turns out to be, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Can I produce your show? Oh my gosh. Seriously. (laughs) I'm serious. Um, Give him a check. Shoot. um, I got my mental list going. Don't you worry. We got New York and Beverly Hills. And I feel like that is such a treat for uh, Bravo lovers because, uh, but at the same time, I do want to argue for Bravo to give us like a month break where we can just catch up with friends and family as quarantine ends, you know? Oh, I know. I was just talking to my friend about that. It's like, I love Bravo so much. And when I was only a consumer, I love the fact that it never stopped. But then once you start like actually doing it for work, essentially, it's You're like, studying oh. it. yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, please. I'm like, can I get a break? Like, no, can we hold off? Give me like a little beat before Beverly Hills. Like, can I just, well, yeah, I was like, wait, New York. And then two weeks later, Beverly Hills. I'm like, are you sure we're going to be able to deal with this? Um, not deal with it. <laughs> well, well, no, I think about it almost like withstanding things. Like you no, have to train yourself to like. But like, they're not thinking about us though. They're thinking about the masses, the ones that are just taking it all in. And they're, you know, they're looking at the memes as they're scrolling through. They're listening to your podcast. They're consuming all the content. Those yeah. people love it because they have so much to distract them from their miserable lives. Like we, it's just <laughs> but we're giving them that, you know, and they don't want to fucking pay us. And that's something <laughs> yeah, we're well, keeping them alive. Well, that's, I mean, it is funny to make, uh, you know, they, this really does. It's like, I truly love it because I don't make anything from it. And it's fun. Like right now it's fine. Like eventually when I'm doing right, the podcast, right you know, as a potential homeless gentleman in the alleyway, it'll be different. I'll just try to steal somebody's <laughs> Wi-Fi at Starbucks. But, um, okay. You're stick. You're you've stuck with Dallas all season mm-hmm. and I've stuck with Dallas all season. Yep. What are your overall opinions of Dallas? Okay. First of all, I love Deandra. I never really thought about Deandra before this season and I'm really into her. I feel like she is the most aware on the cast. Like she just like, I feel like she gets it. Like she knows that money matters. She knows she needs to pretend like she's Christian, but really she's Buddhist and doing all this other shit, getting her nose sucked out. (laughs) She knows how to play the part, but she to me is the most down to earth and she's the most open-minded and the least judgmental of all the women. I wish she would stand up for herself a little bit more. Like that one uh, argument she had with Brandy where Brandy tried to blame her for the headline that came out. I'm like, you did nothing wrong. That's why I mean, but I mean, she says her shaman training has helped her relax a little bit and that is a direct but um, so deandra i love and mama d and the dynamic between them and but when i tell you carrie is one of those housewives that i i can't stand her i hope i never run into her ever in my life like she is the worst type of person oh well i gotta okay say this say okay on your new show they're like no (laughs) sasha you have to talk to carrie or you you're out of a job how do you how do you approach that as an interviewer because i would be the same way because carrie makes me lividly upset and especially you know as of the last week when they did the reunion she had covid and couldn't go so we were deprived of and she gave it to brandy supposedly i mean how would you deal with that in interview oh god would you tell her you're frustrated with her i think i would well, I would, like I said, I would want to do it around something that she's promoting. So we'll do your anal beads and you can talk about, your <laughs> and then I'll be like, uh, then we'll get to the meat and, you know what I'm saying? The meat and potatoes. And I'll ask her, um, be like, um, 
First of all, why did you pour fucking salsa all over that woman's bed? Are you insane? Second that was of all- it, you guys, you guys, if you don't watch Dallas, <laughs> she gets drunk every episode. And then hey. they were at like this nice Airbnb thing or whatever. They spent a lot of money and they did like a fart bomb smell. And then to get back, she took a jug of salsa and threw it all over this nice flipping bed at three in the morning. A jug. On Karen's I think she bed. needs like help. I think she has an alcohol problem. And then when she drinks, she has, like they said, she has no boundaries. And then her anger is so nasty. Like she p- pushes people to the edge when she well, drinks. I think we, we found the biggest clue to her personality a couple of weeks ago. And it was kind of glossed over where she said as a teen, she was sent to outward bound because she was a troubled teen. That was uh, her dad considered her too much of a brat and spoiled. And I feel like that's exactly who Carrie still is. Oh my and God. she almost needs to go to outward bound for adults because Seriously. she, and then, and then even uh, I, it was kind of an editor troll this past week, but we saw really quickly her, with her daughters explaining how her mother was an alcoholic and they call her on FaceTime and then they cut forward to next week's episode where she falls through like a glass thing yeah, drunk yeah. and they, they I felt of- I, yeah I felt really like a, like really kind of bad watching that because it was like okay thank you for that reveal because I needed to hear her say I watched my mom binge drink for weeks on end because that really tells a lot about her personality so that's the first thing. And then secondly, I immediately felt bad because they exploited the shit out of her. I'm like, this finale, they're going to drag her, but she kind of deserves it. It's like, she look at, she's been an asshole the whole season. Now maybe you can show why you're, why you're an asshole. Cause you have a fucking drinking problem. Like it's and actually- it also seems like she takes the whole, like the whole cast is like, for some reason on her side in like arguments with Deandra or something like that. I'm like, how does Stephanie yeah. and Randy and all these like, or even Cameron take Carrie's side all the time. And they're always worried about Carrie. Yeah. And then they're never worried about like Deandra and right, right. who actually have real issues, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the way that they react, like in the sneak peek of this finale, how they're all like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe she did this. Like she has anger problems when she drinks. Did this just like, this was this a revelation that just that happened that yeah, one I was like, night? I realized like 10 sudden? episodes ago. Yeah, like, I'm like, confused. Um, what, I mean, I personally enjoy Dallas a lot this season because I, and I know a lot of people just said it was trash and stuff, but I really loved it because I didn't expect anything from it. What, I mean, what was your, was it a hassle for you to watch each week? What did you feel? So it is my least favorite franchise, obviously, but I, like, I agree. I enjoyed it more than last season's. And yeah. I just, I really enjoy just like, just the idea of knowing that there is a Chinese woman on the Real Housewives of Dallas. That just made me so happy, like to see her every week. It just made me so happy. Well, Tiffany Moon is one of those people that I was like, you know, stunning, brilliant. Yes. Um, uh, seems like a family person, yes. somebody of moralistic integrity. And just giving her a full seat at the table. Like, let her be her fabulous self. Yes, well, show be us her your weird. Closet. That's so exactly. your fucking lock on your closet. Like, I want to see the conversation with your mom. I want to see you and your twins get freaking manicures. Like, I just love when she's on screen. It just, it's just so great to see. Like, she is a great housewife. They were trying to stop her. They were trying to block her shine. Brandy, you're going to try to tell, make this woman, make us believe that this woman is making you feel bad for the racist shit that you said when she has done nothing, but basically forgive you and move on and you won't allow it. That irritated me so much. Well, you see how, like, I mean, we've heard this 
for the last couple of years, and I'm dead on uh, uh, in agreement of representation matters. Yes. But I do think the next step is is to like, okay, great. But like, yeah, don't forget that Tiffany is her own weird ass housewife. Exactly. Let her Let be her, her. Let know, her shine. That's what I'm saying is that like, I feel like we've even like, there's so much more weirdness as a housewife to explore when she does, when she can take the time off from explaining why something's offensive to Brandy, Thank you. you know? Thank you. Thank um, you. And, the, and the, by the way, that's like, you know, the question I always uh, you know, if I get to talk to Tiffany sometimes is that like, does it sometimes get exhausting how like to have to teach people when it's like, you're, you know, not that she's trying to show her weird self, but it's yeah. like, you're on this show and all of a sudden you're having to teach people like basic, it's like how to tie your shoe, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why when I saw that clip of Crystal with Sutton and they're already talking about, I don't see color. I wasn't <laughs> surprised one bit. Like if I had to guess, I would guess Sutton. But it just like immediately I was disappointed because I'm like, why is this her job? Why? Why does she need to talk to this woman about racism? Like it, it's irritating to me. Like, why can't she just be crystal and be fabulous and be rich and be she can be a bitch. She could be a narcissist. Let her be whatever. She does not need to be an educator. And I hate that for these because if I go on a show and the cast is white, I'm not signing up to teach y'all about racism. I'm, I'm here to just be me. Well, I mean, I always think about that in even terms of uh, of of you and Raven and Monty and yeah. stuff like that, where I'm like, I wonder how exhausting at times mm -hmm. it is when it's like, well, I'm here to talk shit about Dallas and Atlanta and I don't need to, you know, like I'm here to, and I sometimes wonder, and I don't think that's the proper way to ask that, but like, I do sometimes wonder about the exhaustion level of things like that of having to teach people when sometimes you're just, you're just looking to talk shit and talk about Bravo too, totally, you know? Totally. And it, it does, it does get draining. And I think for me, it's like, okay, I do it when I feel like it and only when I feel like it. And if anyone has anything to say to me about it, that it is not black, like I'm not responding. Like I used to respond and be like, Oh, well, this is what it means. And Oh, well, but engage in a conversation. And especially if I scroll up and see that you've been interacting with me for some time, like this one woman, I couldn't believe it. She's been following me for like, it, it looked like it has been like at least eight months so, and interacting with me. And, you know, you don't know, but I've seen that I've liked her, like, you know, yeah. uh, thing that she sent and responding here and there. So she, we've had like a really friendly rapport. I'm like, oh, okay. So I obviously have been talking to this woman. And then out of nowhere, I posted something about, um, <sighs> I can't remember which one it was anyways it was one it was one of us that got murdered I'm, i can't remember i'm like that's why isn't that sad yeah that why is that i mean that is, i mean but by the way I that that remember. says a lot right there you know? wow i just got chills anyway so she said well that's what happens when you resist arrest and i this when i tell you the breath got knocked out of me i felt so betrayed because I felt like she had like presented herself as an ally, someone that I thought really saw me. And then for her to say that, it just like punched me in the gut. I was like, wow. And I'm like, this is why I'll continue to post because I'm like, please reveal yourself because these people are like, there's so many nuances when it comes to racism and people only want to really shine a light on the obvious racism. Like, do you use the N word? But it's like, you got these people out there that like, they might like me because I'm a palatable version of a black person. But then when it really comes down to the core, it's like, she's still racist. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, microaggressions everywhere. I mean, not even, exactly. but it is the, the Instagram of it all is very interesting. And sometimes it'll blow my mind when I do see like, because, you know, like I don't get to see everybody's stories a lot anymore um, as things get, or I see a select, whatever they put in front of my face, no, but it totally. is kind of mind blowing totally. when you're like, 
you see somebody's life that is different than yours. And that is an amazing thing sometimes, but sometimes it can be really scary as well. Cause you're like, Holy fuck. That's out. That's like a whole different life that I have no concept of. And you're seeing it in these quick little moments. And, uh, I don't know. I, it, sometimes I can like trip out on that a little bit. So I can't even imagine what it's like for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, sorry to get on that, but I was just thinking oh, about no. that in terms of uh, Tiffany, in terms of oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, crystal yeah. and things like that is that Bravo has turned this not turned an amazing corner, but has really highlighted different mm-hmm. voices, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And I'd really think the next step of that is to highlight their weirdness as well is that yes. nobody is here. I mean, you know, I hate anybody feeling pressured to teach anybody anything when it's like, okay, they're, they, you know, somebody of Asian descent can be just as manipulative possibly as Ramona. Let's give them that chance. You know, (laughs) we can hate them for, we can hate them for, for their, their beliefs and who, you know, not who their, their skin color or something, you know? Exactly. Um, Like give us a full seat at the table. Like not over here at the kitty table, like you're in the dining room. It's like, no, everyone's equal. Like, it's like, this is the real housewives of Atlanta, the city, whatever it is. It's not like, okay, so we're all white and privileged and you're the woman of color so that's the role that you're gonna play and we're gonna find every way to other you or we're gonna be racist yeah one or the other it's usually (laughs) one or the other so Uh, yeah i'm worried and and i'm worried for ebony because i've already seen in the previews and she's like she's too smart she's too i I, I worry about her i worry about people with a higher iq because i worry about like it's either going to drive them crazy from a mental level or they're going to get so much blowback that it's going to be like i just i don't i can't imagine what it's like for them when it's like so much attention all at once and they might not be used to it and it's good yeah. and it's bad. And I mean, even on a, a scale of even like Leah McSweeney going into a second season, I'm like, I'm nervous. Cause I'm like, Oh God, she, she got us blowing gassing her up so much in that first season, myself definitely included. And then how does that affect your mental state going in thinking yeah. you're the shit in the second season? You know, very curious to see. Um, and, and Ebony, I actually met Ebony like 10 or 11 years ago on set of a like a low budget indie film in LA and we were just like eating the craft services just talking and she was already a lawyer she was Jeez. like she was like in her late 20s she was already a lawyer and I'm a fucking broke actor and I remember she was like I'm gonna give this acting thing a try because she had just moved to LA she's like I'm gonna give this acting thing a try but if not I always have my law degree she's like well, still practicing law on the side that that's I don't get that like I follow this person on Instagram this girl and she was posting complex math equations at current times over the year. And I guess she like math. And then she posts the other day, she goes, you know, prayed to God. And, um, I'm going for my law degree. I'm going for my law degree now. And I'm like, God. what? You just posted the math homework. And I'm like, I, I'm here sitting fiddling with like Bravo shows in my bed. I couldn't even conceive of going back to school right now. I know. I know. It's wild. I, I high functioning people. Like who needs that kind of no, stuff? I don't get it. I do not get it. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that not not only is she did not become an actor, but she became a reality star. We're just like wow. And she didn't need like that's what I'm like. The the true uh the the biggest weakness that any of these people have is wanting to be on TV in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I'm sick, so I know exactly why I want to be there. <laughs> but like these people, if you know how to like do law degrees and math degrees, like no. why are you even messing with that? Know. You know? I, I know that's why I tell myself all the time, like 
it's not even like the know-how because I feel like I really do feel that I could figure out how to do anything, but it's the, the willingness to want to actually wake up every day and spend my time on earth doing yes. that thing. And well, that's the part that's hard for me. Like I'm jealous of people that can like wake up and just like go to their job. They're nine to five and like they have their stability and their health insurance, and their car and their house. Like if that were in me, I would do it. I mean, that's, that is it. Exactly. Like you, you're dead on is like, sometimes I'll just trip out of like, how did this, like, wow, they get up, they dress themselves, they go to work, they come, they like work out. Like, I, I'm like, how do you do all of this? Thing? And then sometimes okay. I feel like, well, fuck, I'm like, at this point, I'm too old. I can't get to that place. You know, like, I can't learn how to, to, to be myself <laughs> at this point, you know? Um, uh, I need to get your thoughts on Summer House. Um, what oh, is your, because, I love Summer House. Okay, yeah, Summer, House is the best love Summer House. Summer House is the best show in Bravo right now. It really I, is. I talked to Lindsay yesterday and I felt like, she was so Lindsay that I felt like I was in Summer House. Oh, she was my God. dead on Lindsay. Like she was even like to a point where she was like, I am activated right now. And she was not even acting. She was not. And she showed me, <laughs> oh my God, Sasha, she showed me her list for life that they showed. Cause oh I said, and she goes, Oh, you want to see it? And she opened it up. And I thought I was looking at the Holy Grail all of a sudden. That is hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Love but that. why do you that. like Summer House? Okay. I like Summer House because it just feels, for whatever reason, just like hits close to home. Like I just relate to them. Cause you know, most of these people, their lives are so like, they're your fantasy life. They have the nice cars and the homes and you dream of being a housewife or whatever. These are people that are like, you know, they're late twenties, early to mid thirties. Like they work regular jobs and they're just like hanging out. And I just, I don't know. I love it. I feel like the drama, like I relate to the drama, like, you know, some of these shows that like, like for instance, arguing about a profit, you know, stuff like that. But then when you think about, Oh, did you finger her? Like, Oh yeah. I remember that when I was like in college <laughs> or high school, like, yeah, I relate to that, you know? <laughs> I said that the other go. I go, that is it. I, I said, Lindsay is bringing back finger banging. And I appreciate yes. it. Like, I was like that kind of stuff. Like I was like, I hope next season she brings back dry humping because it's like, she's bringing yes. back all the high school classics. Exactly. Just for regular old people. Like oh my God. all do. <laughs> I write, but well, today was the Lindsay interview. And I did like a, um, like intro where I said, I got to, I got too scared because I was going to ask her about finger banging. And then my mom was like, don't, don't do it. Like that's horrible. And I'm, but then Lindsay goes, Oh, I'm going to listen to it now. And I was like, no, 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 no. Go. I said, start after the 12 minute mark. You, that's, that's when you, hilarious. cause I was like, Oh fuck. She's going to listen to me saying, I wish I had asked her about finger banging. <laughs> um, what do you think of, uh, so we had a new person in the house this, this, uh, year with Sierra who got brought in with Luke. What was your opinion on the Luke Sierra Hannah issue? You seem like a sane person for the most part. What is your opinion on all, all of this? Okay. okay. So I definitely feel like Luke is, he's a narcissist and, um, he, he loves attention from women and he really gets off on feeling like different multiple women want him at once. Like he needs to feel like that, or he needs to be in like a really, really, really serious relationship. Like he proposed to his last girlfriend. I feel like he needs to have a, he's just a person that requires a lot of attention. So with that being said, I fully believe that Hannah was led to believe that they were more than friends. He may have said what he said, but all of his actions and everything that sent her the message that he wanted to be more than friends, i.e. saying, I love you talking on the phone all the time. So I think he went in the house looking forward to having that attention from Hannah and looking forward to having also this thing with Sierra that maybe he thought maybe it could be more serious. Now, I, I love Sierra. Now, when she said, oh, I don't like calls after nine o'clock, I feel like 
people want to take people that that want to support Luke and Luke supporters would say that, oh, that's so ridiculous. Like, of course, you can talk to someone after nine. I didn't take it being so literal. It was just her way of saying, like, look, you're talking to me. You're flirting with me. I can tell you're trying to get with me. And I've already told you I don't like you like that. And she felt uncomfortable. So that was her way of drawing that boundary. And then Luke put himself in this position of like, you know, where you want to feel bad for him because everyone's ganging up on him. So at the end of the day, everything that Kyle said was right. Okay. But Kyle said that in a complete drunken stupor. But it was still right. (laughs) Yeah. But I I love how quick that, by the way, I I thought it was hysterical to watch two dudes compliment uh, Carl and uh, Carl and Kyle compliment each other on like, we know how to treat women well now. We went through (laughs) our Luke phase. And like, I'm like, uh, Carl, you're like six months into this. How are you? But isn't it such a, isn't it such a dude thing to compliment yourself on some shit you just started, you know? I think that no, was hysterical. Totally, no, absolutely right. And I he fucking gets on my nerves, but everything he said I agreed with. Like but Luke wasn't it funny that them. I love Kyle sitting down next to Luke the next day when they were making up and Kyle was like uh hey man, I don't even really care. It's just that the girls were saying it and like he's like I you can be however you want. Like uh-huh. but it's such a, it seems like you could get Kyle worked up about anything and he might yeah. have a clear no, right. about it. But then he's like, "Well, I don't really care." So I need to know. Okay, so are you team Luke? I talked to Luke on the podcast and I went in not liking Luke and I got a different sense of him in the sense of like, I, I think he, and this is, I don't know if I'm just making excuses for him, which we tend to do with men is that I don't know if I think when you're that good looking, you're almost conditioned to expect attention from women. Like he's not known anything different because he has always had multiple multiple women probably want him so it is foreign for anything to go wrong like the sierra thing yeah, i think like, there so there's no good guys are just cool like genuine guys that are also good looking i mean unless i get better looking i mean i don't know i mean <laughs> then i would be me but like i i no i mean i think we all make our mistakes and i think luke probably hopefully learned a really hard lesson this summer and especially with the feedback but i also think that hannah played this really wrong and i and and i say that with hannah played this because i think hannah knows she was playing this hannah was playing a part Mm -hmm. she was trying to get uh sierra off luke and i do think there was something demented in calling him uh you know like calling him her ex oh that was weird that was well and it just like i i the older i get i realize that we tell ourselves things to make our life easier or, yeah. you know, and I feel, I see a lot of like exactly where it's coming from, from Hannah with the insecurity and stuff. Yeah, totally. I just feel in retrospect, I, I now almost am starting to feel bad for Hannah again. Cause I'm like, I don't think, I thought she expected this to work a lot better. Cause wait, this is my theory. I want to get your opinion on is that sometimes you can lose the moment in the house, like, you know, or like win the moment, like Hannah won the house in that moment with Luke, she won but she didn't win outside of the house, which is all of us. And in Hannah's head, she thought she was going to win the house and win all of us. And you see that even with Deandra, Deandra and Dallas lost the in-person situation with Carrie and all the women, but she won all of us over, you know? Yeah. It's never usually, it's, it's interesting how the audience perceives it. Absolutely. That is such a good point. Cause she, no, I didn't, I didn't ever think about that. Like how the people on the show perceiving them differently than us. 
But I think Hannah thinks about that. I think Hannah thinks about her career and thinks is very aware of what works in social media and what doesn't. And I think she genuinely thought she was going to be celebrated as like, this was going to be a a female issue, an issue that women deal with, which Mm -hmm. they do deal with. They do deal with men doing this a lot. And I think she thought she was going to be championed for her feelings, but I don't think it had the foundation like, you know, they never were boyfriend and girlfriend. So what we saw was just like, well, yeah, he just wanted a girl to hook up with a couple of times, you know? I just feel bad because it's like, yeah, I mean, she should have just known she was getting played. Like he was playing her, right? He was stringing her along. So she should have gone into it like, okay, I'm an adult. And this, this dude has said that he doesn't want anything in a relationship with me. So this is just whatever this is. So yes, yeah, I guess she was just deluded to think otherwise and to think of him as her ex but it's just like I feel bad for her I feel like he manipulated her I think he did but I see that I think he did but I just sometimes in talking to him like and I hate to like unless he's I just didn't get the sense that there was and I'm trying to say this delicately that there was a lot of master plan there on anything you know like he's the guy that's been encouraged to pick up a guitar because he's a hot guy like he could just be noodling around and be like oh that's an amazing like girls would be like that's an amazing song you know like we've seen it God, I know I hate, I hate that type of guy. I mean, I, I mean, I hate that. I mean, the, and that I think that's the, why it's so hard for me. Cause I'm like, I feel, I feel like what Hannah, like, like there's this dude that she knew was out of her league. Right. She knew he's this hot model and she's like, Oh, he's giving me attention. I'll go with it. She went with it all last summer and it felt good. It's fun. Like she's getting this attention from this guy. It carried on. And then she's thinking she's going to come in the house and it's going to continue. And then all of a sudden he walks in with another chick that's way hotter than her. And so I feel like she really just felt like embarrassed and just sort of like duped. Like she, I don't think she saw that coming. I'm thinking if that were me, I would have been pissed off. I would have been her. I'm like, yeah, I know you said that we weren't together, but I didn't know you were literally like, you literally had another girl that you were fucking at the same time. It's well, like, you're just an I, asshole. I still will never, but I also feel like I missed, like I asked Lindsay this. I was like, did we, did we miss a huge piece? Because why did Sierra take it? Like, why did she treat him so like with that 9 PM and the, okay, well, I understand, but I still will not forget what because you he did. Sucks because he just sucks so bad. Like Lucas just so eh. like she I would, can't even clean her bed. She can't even no, clean her bed, Sasha. I would be repulsed by Luke. I'm telling you, if there was a guy that brought me into a house, right? And then there was a girl that was really upset. <laughs> and by, brought a box of condoms too, unwrapped. <laughs> <laughs> just for me, as if, as if. Wait, oh who's your guy in the summer house? Do you have a, a favorite guy? I, I mean, obviously Carl. Because you love people that make beds. <laughs> you love people that hydrate and do, uh, you know. I get see Carl like uh, Carl got the hero edit this season not I mean but I really think Carl just I mean and and by the way in all reality so sad about his brother Uh, but but every week even with that I was like damn now he's showing that he's in touch with his emotions he can cry like this guy's just having gonna have women just throwing themselves at him you know already he had that yeah we'll see how it goes on the winter house is he on winter house or no I I they've uh, I don't think he is actually. And that's, well, that was my kind of, as we start wrapping up, what I really wanted to find out what you thought of Bravo. And I feel like they're start, they really are listening to us now because they all of a sudden are doing all-star housewives, winter house. What are your thoughts about, about shows like this and kind of making it more of a brand, like say 90 day fiance? Oh, I think it's great. The more the merrier. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Can he put us on TV? I'm like, if they have the budget to put everybody on TV on multiple shows, 
Like they can't put us on TV. Well, that's what I say. Well, I mean, imagine like we get the summer house. We they trap us in there for a couple of weeks, and we have to create content in the summer house. Or you know, there's there's so many ideas. Okay, so here's the thing. It's like I'm like, oh, I would. What is a way that we could be on TV? And obviously, there's commentary. But if it's just like us being ourselves without it having to be like fights. Well, I could dress up like one of the bushes in the summer house and just be like, or like an inanimate object and just be there. And then when everybody goes to bed, you just see me start to move out of it, you know, and I just go through the food and stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, just come through on payroll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be funny is like, we've hidden two podcasters in the house. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that would be so fun. And then we like talk about it afterwards. Like, oh my yeah. God. By the way, or and you just start like when everybody goes to sleep, you move things. You're like, you know, I break the oven in the summer house, but don't tell anybody. And you know, um, or yeah, I couldn't be a shrub because Kyle would probably pee on me at some point <laughs> since he only pees outdoors. Um, I also was so sad when like this one got me when I at the end of last week they said, you know, the season finale of Summer House. And they, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't you know? ready at all. Okay, I was so shocked. Do you think Kyle and Amanda are they gonna are gonna do you think they're gonna get married? I think they're going to get married on the show. I don't know if that means like, I mean, Carl, like you can get you. I'm a minister in the universal life church, which you have to pay like $20 for and you don't have to do anything for it. So he probably will sign up for the internet and he probably will marry them. But I don't know if that's going to be considered their official wedding, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a good season finale, I guess. I was just waiting because I thought we were, I thought we were going to get a Sierra Carl hookup. Yeah, well, maybe they'll do it in, well, they're probably not going to hook up in Winter House. So, yeah, no, it's probably not going to happen. I do need to know, because Winter House, I, I heard, only shot for like two weeks. And wait, wait, you're in L.A. What is your thoughts about uh, Tom Tom reopening in early May? I hope it reopens. And they're saying that they're going to start shooting Vanderpump soon. So I want to go. Yeah, I mean, we got to all go. By the way, you because I know you hang out with uh, Faces by Bra or Steven and all that stuff. So we all got to hang out sometime, especially I'll be fully vaxxed as of Monday. So yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, totally do that. I want to do like a whole Vanderpump like scroll, just like hit up everything. Sir, Tom Tom, Pump. Yeah, I mean, I love uh, the new the new saying should be like, uh, what was Lisa's old thing about like, this is where you take your, your wife. Uh-huh. Uh, and then- and now I feel like Buca de Beppo should be the place where you take your mistress. You know, they yes. should switch. <laughs> um, uh, Sasha, you are the perfect guest. You are so perfect in so many ways. Oh we can support you at the Bravo Breakdown. And I don't know if this is all right to say, and we can edit this out if not, but uh, Oh No Bravo had reached out today. And you guys, I think, um, um, came together to raise money uh, mm-hmm. for the situation that happened in Columbus, Ohio, which is actually the town I was born in um, and my parents were raised in. And unfortunately, there was uh, a 15-year-old girl that that got murdered yesterday. And uh, they're going to be raising money and, and you guys can f- find that on my stories as well as Oh No Bravo. And I think yours, is that all right to mention? Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, the Loveland at the Loveland. It's, it's run by Rachel uh, Coggle. She has that page with like a lot of resources about anti-racism. And I think the fun, mo- it, she has a very specific fund that's black therapy for black girls. So Ono Bravo and I were talking a lot about like the trauma that black women are experiencing right now. And then it just continues the cycle when you're not able to talk to someone so that they really have like a lot of emphasis on getting us into therapy and having the funds for it. Yeah. And I know times are tight for everybody. I think that's a really worthy cause though. So if you have any extra this month, consider donating over there. Cause I think yeah. it really is a great cause. We hit our goal in three hours, a thousand dollars in three hours. 
Dang, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, congratulations. I mean, that's just really, I mean, there's so many good people out in this world. And I think that is something that really needs to be highlighted, um, you know, and that's uh, coming out of this year, I was so horribly depressed. And, you know, there are so many good things to be hopeful about, which is what I always going to kind of leave with. But also, the Bravo breakdown is where we can find you on Instagram. Is that where we can find everything up to date when you do announce this show that's happening? Yes. Yes. Everything will be on the gram, on the feed. And you have a Patreon too, by the way. Yep. yep. Patreon slash the Bravo breakdown. Uh, I post on there once a week. I, whatever you see on my feed is usually like a small clip of what's on the Patreon. Okay. Okay. So go support her in all ways. Um, uh, it, it's so great to catch up with you. Uh, thank you for always being so great to me and, uh, and all of the listeners. And I hope this is a uh, continued friendship, uh, with many oh. other times we talk. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It's of course. Awesome. You feel it, baby? Batches.